Hunter Biden's lawyers are arguing a deal they made with prosecutors to resolve the felony gun charge against him is still, quote, valid and binding. That part of it, at least. This comes in a new court filing just days after prosecutors said plea deal talks with the president's son had fallen apart. This move comes as Attorney General Merrick Garland elevated U.S. Attorney David Weiss to special counsel status. Our Kara Scannell is with us to explain more. The big question coming out of this news over the weekend was, okay, or Friday, was trial now? Right. I mean, so they're in this filing overnight arguing that the gun diversion, remember there's the tax plea yes. agreement that fell apart and this gun diversion. They're saying, hey, Judge, that's a valid and binding agreement between both DOJ and us. Now, DOJ in their filing on Friday said that deal was done. So this is obviously a wrinkle that is going to continue Another wrinkle. to fester here. And we might see some more um, filings over that. But, you know, under that agreement, it meant that Hunter Biden would avoid the serious felony gun charge if he abided by certain terms for 24 months. And the judge had a big issue with this, particularly saying she wasn't sure if it was constitutional because they had a role for her in there. Sort of ironically, they put that role in there thinking that it would avoid the politics of the situation in case there was ever any question of if he broke that agreement. Uh, you know, but also in this filing and over the weekend, Hunter Biden's lawyer saying, you know, they're kind of putting some blame on DOJ for mucking this up, saying that they had come to them to do plea talks and that they had written these agreements that the judge had questions with. And then, of course, now DOJ wanting to tear up. Uh, but one of Hunter Biden's attorneys, Abby Lowell, was on CBS this weekend. Uh, here's what he said. It's not inevitable. And I think... And what you're trying I, to avoid one? I, I, we're, yes, we were trying to avoid one all along. And so were the prosecutors who came forward to us and were the ones to say, can there be a resolution short of a prosecution? So they wanted it, and maybe they still do want it. So there, they're obviously still hopeful that they're able to work out some kind of plea deal, but obviously the timing here is now very different. Kara, can I take a step back here? Because I have a ton of questions about what this means or what it doesn't mean, if it's jurisdictionally related. What does the special counsel designation actually mean for Hunter Biden and for uh, David Weiss going forward? Well, what's interesting is that the Attorney General Merrick Garland and David Weiss have both said that he had authority to bring, to decide whether, when, and where to bring charges. Right. right? That goes to this question of venue, right? If it's not in Delaware, could they bring it in Washington or California? Now, the special counsel does make this now a formal arrangement versus him being told he had these powers, but it also gives him a budget. So he could hire more staff if he wants to. You know, it's also a big question of why now? What has changed? Is there different evidence? This investigation's been going on for five years. Uh, you know, so where, why now is still the big question that we don't have an answer from the Justice Department on of what was it that made it important just now to do this? But certainly means, for one thing, that this is not going to wrap up in a plea agreement in the next couple of weeks. This is clearly going to be a longer process. Yeah, no question. Kara Scannell, thank you for joining us now uh, for our panel, national political reporter for the Associated Press, Michelle Price, White House correspondent for Reuters, Jeff Mason, and CNN senior legal analyst and former federal prosecutor Ellie Honig. Uh, Ellie, I, I want to start with you. Um, special counsels, no matter how narrow the scope seems to be at the start, have a long history or, or some iteration of a special counsel has a long history of expanding yeah. uh, and creating major headaches, both legally and politically. What's your read on the intent behind this designation? So they do have a history of sort of spinning out. And actually, I was just looking at the actual document DOJ signed, Merrick Garland signed, appointing David Weiss, saying, how limited is it? And it's not very limited. It basically says anything to do with the Hunter Biden investigation, which is quite broad. And, and Kara's right. 
Now that David Weiss has been named special counsel, he does have a bit more independence. It's not all that different from being a U.S. attorney, but he does have a bit more independence separation from the attorney general. My big question, again, is why? Why now? Why in the case that's been going on for five years, three days, four days ago, there was no need for special counsel. Now there is. And what DOJ said is the reason is, quote, extraordinary circumstances. Now that's pulled out of the law. What's extraordinary now that wasn't extraordinary five weeks ago when they were ready to go in court and wrap this up for a yeah. misdemeanor? Uh, so DOJ has botched this, in my view. Merrick Garland has botched this. And frankly, the way this has played out has actually lent credence to what the whistleblowers said. I was just going to say that. And that issue of what the whistleblowers uh, said and did interviews on this network and elsewhere and testified before Congress isn't what came up in court when the plea deal fell apart, but it really seems to be more and more relevant right now. No. Uh, I think it's also interesting, Jeff Mason, that if the attorney general overrules the special counsel, as Ellie was informing me over the weekend, um, you get transparency. You have to yeah. tell Congress <laughs> why you did it. And that's really important right now is transparency. I want to play something that President Biden said. This was back on May 5th. It's from MSNBC. It's days before this original plea deal came down about his son, Hunter. Here it is. My son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. I know it's his son. He's also the president, and it is Merrick Garland. It is this attorney general of this administration. Uh, overseeing everything. So there are a lot of questions now about whether the president should be talking about this at all. And he usually doesn't. And yeah. that's a comment that has not aged well, it, given the fact that his son ended up agreeing to a plea deal that has now, of course, fallen apart. The political ramifications of this are huge for President Biden. And it's certainly not what he wants to see that this is going to be dragged out in the middle of the, the campaign now as he goes into the fall and into a general election next spring. And it's, it's a political weakness for him, not only because of the fact that it will be a story, but because of what was exemplified in that quote. He loves his son, and he has a little bit of a blind spot for him. And that has, is something that you can understand for a father and son, but politically, it's, it's tricky. In my sense, correct me if I'm wrong here, there's some frustration behind the scenes in the West Wing. They're not going to talk about it, yeah. but frustration that it got to this point. It wasn't where they wanted to be, and they know that this is only going to prolong this issue. I think so, and, and, and frustration within the campaign as well. I mean, I think, apropos what each side can say, the White House will want to say even less than potentially President Biden's campaign, because, of course, President Biden has said from the very beginning the DOJ is independent, whether it's on this, whether it's on President Trump. That was a big contrast he wanted to make to the, to the previous administration. But it's going to be hard, certainly for reporters who cover him and others out there, not to be asking him about something with, with relation to his son. Um, Michelle, obviously, we're also watching Georgia right now. The, the leading contender for the Republican nomination is facing his potential fourth indictment. Um, at this point in time, do you, in your reporting, think voters actually care? Uh, and I'm not trying to minimize anything. I'm just saying that, like, people are, are, can get numb to this. There's a lot of it. It's really hard to understand, given how many there are. I mean, the question is which voters. Um, is it changing any minds, though? Right. Probably not. You know, for Democratic voters, this just adds to the pile of what they already, how they already feel about Donald Trump. They have a long list of, of reasons they think he's unqualified to be president. Republican voters, I mean, you'll talk to them in early states. They'll tell you that, that they think Donald Trump was a great president. They think he did wonderful things. They think maybe he did something that wasn't quite on the up and up, but it wasn't a crime in some of these cases. But they see all of these as a vast conspiracy against him. And that's the way he's presented this on the campaign trail. I think you bring up such a good point, Ellie. If you could answer this. I had someone over the weekend ask me, an independent voter, 
I don't understand why they're all coming now. That is a great question. Um, and I've been sort of banging that drum for the last couple of years. I mean, he will have a rhetorical point. Let's put it aside. We don't know what the motivations, but even if you assume the best of motivation by all these prosecutors, isn't it interesting that nobody charged anything until now? And four of them come in a, what, three, four month stretch between April and now? How do you explain that? I think it's partially, I think each one is its own story. Yeah. I mean, Merrick Garland, I think, just had just inertia. I think he had no appetite to do this for the first year and a half. The political winds got strong enough. And I think the same thing, by the way, in appointment of special counsel. I think Merrick Garland, frankly, has shown himself to be a windsock. He just, when the political pressure gets too much, he just goes whichever way the wind's blowing. For a year and a half, he didn't want any part of Donald Trump on January 6th until the pressure built because of the January 6th committee. And then what does he do a few months later? He appoints Jack Smith. Same thing here. He was hoping the Hunter Biden case would go away with a quick plea, political pressure built, and then he goes, well, special counsel. It's not a, it's not a strong way to be as an attorney general. Kara, based on your reporting, windsock aside. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that word. <laughs> I don't know what they are, right? Yeah, multicolored. Inside, yeah. inside the Justice Department on the fourth and fifth floor, what is their read on why it got to this point from your sources? I mean, they're not saying anything publicly about this, but I think, you know, Ellie raises a good point that you know, the performance in the court with the plea agreement, it just all started to go off the rails, right? I mean, the prosecutors and Hunter Biden's team were not on the same page about the immunity deal. And then, of course, the judge just scotched it all. I mean, there are these questions from these whistleblowers. They do make some points. And it seems, I think, that they're probably, even though DOJ is not saying anything, mm -hmm. they have to be responding to the political pressure because that seems to be the only thing that's different right. in the course of the past couple of months that's changed. Yeah, it's windsock. Which that's going to literally gonna rattle around morning. my brain for the next six to ten hours. All right, Kara, Ellie, Michelle, Jeff, thanks, guys. We appreciate it.